Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio, and network. What do we have in store for you on this edition of the program? A, a little trash timeout as indications are now coming out of Tampa that Kyle Trask, no matter what happens here in the preseason, will not be the starting quarterback for the Bucks in week one against the Minnesota Vikings. Why? That's not the end of the world. It really isn't. There's actually a positive way to look at this. If you're a Gator fan and you prefer Kyle Trask, even though we haven't seen him play yet, we've got to see how these guys work in the offense. We're going to get a taste against uh, the Steelers against that here coming up. Well, tonight, Friday. Uh, let's see here. Other things that we have on the docket for you. Um, Pac-12 plan. What's the plan for the Pac-12? Seriously, what's the plan? I-, I can think of one. One. And it's not the sexiest thing in the world, but you're going to have to try it. You're going to have to try it. And then something else they're going to have to do too. So there's that. And then Mickelson's money. As we find out, according to was it Billy Walters, gambler wrote a memoir talking about how Phil Mickelson may have gambled close to a billion dollars in his career. I went through and looked. He, they, he said he lost over a hundred million. He's earned nine hundred twenty-five million. I'm going to try to explain to you why losing a hundred million dollars for Phil Mickelson isn't that big of a deal for him. Well, it's a big deal for anybody, but it. I'll put it in comparison. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio, network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports Twitter, at Harp on Sports Instagram. Harp on Sports, the auditory route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Harp on Sports, of course, Facebook page. Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel, the bar. And, of course, HarpOnSports.com. Where to begin? Um... Baker Mayfield over Trask. This is according to Ira Kaufman, JoeBucksFan.com. They're very reputable. That, that, that's, that is, that's a very reputable site. It is. And that Baker Mayfield is the plan for week one at quarterback against the Vikings. Like, I'm not actually anti this. Even if indications are in camp that Trask has pushed him, but the Bucks want to go with Mayfield first, that's fine. To me, that's fine. Why? Because you can go from Mayfield to Trask. It may be a little bit harder to go from Trask to Mayfield. Plus, look, Mayfield played decent down the stretch for the Rams last year. Baker Mayfield, you know, doing all the right things. He's a veteran. We're just a couple years removed away from him winning a postseason playoff game in Pittsburgh. And then having the Chiefs on the ropes in Kansas City. He's a good quarterback. Not great, not fantastic. He's a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. It was going to be tough for Kyle Trask to beat him out. Here, there's a positive spin on this. Or, uh, I hate the word spin. If you if you have to spin things, it means you 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 lost. We got to spin this. Oh my gosh, seamstress is spin. Come on, when you have to spin something, oh this is no. Forget that. Here's the here's the way to look at this. Glass half full as opposed to glass half empty. If Mayfield's the number one quarterback, then Trask is going to see most of the preseason snaps. What Trask needs to see right now are snaps, 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 as much work as possible. And if Mayfield's with the first team, that means Trask is coming out there. And look, 
Greatness finds a way. People that are really good find a way. It's not the exact same thing. It's not. But I remember in Pittsburgh, excuse me, in Pittsburgh, in Green Bay, Matt Flynn filled in when Aaron Rodgers sat out, what was that, 2011? 2010? 2010? Matt Flynn played the last week and went gangbusters. So, Seahawks gave him a four-year deal. What happened? Russell Wilson beat him out in the preseason. I'm going to take this from you. And he did. It's not exactly the same thing, but I got news for you, Doc. If Kyle Trask is really good, he will shine in the preseason, and Baker will not be healthy 100% of the time all year. No quarterback is. No quarterback is. What do you do when you get your opportunities? What do you do? It's like in baseball. You don't get to play very much. You get to pinch hit. You got to take full advantage of your opportunities. Well, maybe if I got to play more, it doesn't work that way. Kyle Trask has a chance here. It's not fair. It's not fair how we haven't seen him play. Now, you'll know after the preseason if Kyle Trask has outplayed him. But again, even if he does and they go with Mayfield in week one, that's fine. Well, Trask is better than Mayfield. Then, then he's gonna he's eventually going to get it. He'll eventually get his crack. Kyle Trask, if he doesn't start week one, will get his shot. This Bucks team's not very good. They're, they're rebuilding. He's going to get his chances. Maybe that's not, not the worst thing to start out of the gate. Five, six weeks in, this team's two and four. Look, if this, if this, Look, think about this. If... Now, this is a big if. If he struggles, and I mean he by Baker Mayfield, and Trask comes along, and this team's like two and six, the Bucs are going to look around and go, all right, let's get Kyle Trask in here and see what he can do, because at two and six, we got to figure out where we are going to go here, because if Trask isn't it, or we know Mayfield's not it. If Baker Mayfield's like two and six, and the Bucs are going to be like, that's it, you're done. We're halfway through the year. we got to figure out what Kyle Trask is, because if Kyle Trask isn't it, the next year, we're in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. So what they're going to be or pick and choose what other other quarterback that you want at this point in time. I, I don't know who's going to even challenge Caleb Williams, but you know where I mean, what, what I mean. So this isn't the worst thing in the world. And I went through and looked at this um, based on just what we've seen in the past three, since we went from four to three preseason games, starters get around 20 to 25% of the snaps. The second string, the backup gets about 50% of the snaps and then the rest of the carousel, third, fourth practice squad, get the next 25% of the snaps. On average, since we went to a three preseason format a couple of years ago. Starter gets about 20 to 25. Number two gets 50. Then the rest of the carousel gets the rest. The other two, three guys get the other 25%. Right on average. So, here you go. There you go. 20, 50, and depending on, I mean, there's other there's certain teams where you only get 10. There's other teams where starters got 40. But right, 20 percent starter 50 percent 45 50 percent i went on high end and i'm not a lot of my numbers there we'll see so there's an opportunity here trash time not yet baker's bank mm. just look around people get chances it's not like tom brady playing every snap with the bucks or tom brady playing every single snap with the patriots it's not like that going to get a crack at it one way or another going to get a crack at it at some point Baker's never been healthy a lot in his career, 100%. Just get reps. It reminds me a little bit. It reminded me when my nephew was a freshman, and he was starting on the JV, playing a lot. Um, and it was one of the things I remember telling him, you know, because there's guys that were underclassmen that were riding the bench on the varsity. I'm like, but look, sitting there and watching other people play in the varsity is not going to help you. Getting reps is going to help you. Would you rather be at AAA Double-A, playing every day, getting four or 500 at-bats a year, or in the major league sitting on the bench. Well, I'd rather be in the bigs on the bench. You're not going to get better doing that. 
I'm talking about like when you get drafted as you're developing, as you're coming along, not when you're a 35-year-old vet. Yeah. Get your reps. Reps, reps, reps. Okay. From that to this. Pac-12. What's Pac-12's plan? I can think of one, and it's got a couple tiers to it. And they're, look, they're going to have to go after They're going to have to get greedy. Pac-12 saved their conference. Cal, Wazoo, Stanford, Oregon State. It's probably a long shot. It's probably a long shot. But here's what they have to do, for starters. And look, some of these aren't even, don't even, not even a debate. Fresno State, San Diego State, UNLV all have to come aboard. Fresno State, San Diego State, UNLV, you have to get them all. Just have to. TV markets get you back into some big cities here. And I looked at like San Jose State's another team that I thought about because San Jose gets you into San Francisco. And I, I you know, I, uh, you got to try it. Maybe you have to get stuck. Maybe you get stuck with San Jose State. But San Diego State, UNLV, Fresno State, without a doubt, those three. That gets you to seven. And then I've got three more that get you off the California seaboard. Boise State, Air Force, SMU. Dallas, Boise doesn't get you anything market-wise, but it gets you a name, and, and it, albeit at that. And Air Force, Air Force gets you what? I mean, it doesn't really get you Denver, but it gets you into Colorado to some extent, and maybe Colorado State. See, it, not well, what, gang, you're not going to pry anybody away. You're just not at this point. You have to add these guys and build. The Big 12's built some programs. Look, when the Big 12 added Baylor, they weren't any good. When the Big 12 added TCU, remember TCU was in the Mountain West. TCU was good in the Mountain West, but TCU wasn't a national championship contender. She made the college football playoff. Ten years ago, Boise State would have been, yeah, I'll do it. Now it's like, eh. They've fallen on hard times. But th- th- those are the six. Fresno State, San Diego State, UNLV, SMU, Boise State, Air Force. I get you to 10. And, and here's where you have to be creative. You are not playing. You aren't. You are not playing with 10 all these heavy hitters. So if you're the Pac-12 at this point, what's left of it? Stanford, you're still going to get Notre Dame. You're the Pac-12, and you've got these, now the Pac-10 is what it would be, and you're trying to figure this out, you have to load up your non-con. You have three opportunities in your non-con here. And if you play everybody in your conference, you have three opportunities. So what do you have to do? If you're the Pac-12, you've got to schedule one Big 12, one Big 10, one SEC. you got to do it. Sorry, gang, you have to do it. That's how, that's how you, that's how you continue to get exposure. That's what you do. If you are Cal, Wazoo, Stanford, Oregon State, UNLV, Boise State, Fresno State, SMU, Air Force, if you are these teams, UNLV, you get to 10, you're like, okay, nine game conference, three non-conference games. What do we do? All right. We can't be, we can't be playing one double or FCS teams. We can't do that. We can't play Mountain West teams. Come on. What do we do? This is what we're going to do. Uh, non-conference. Let's get into some of these other markets. Let's go. All of our non-conference games, all of us are going to be against the other power five or power four at that point. 
It's the only way to do it, gang. And then you get some exposure being on TV. You work your way into some con. That's how you have to do it. It's the only way. I don't know how much it uh, helps Alabama skull dragging UNLV. It's not going to help UNLV, but that's the only way to get it done. Only way. Well, then fine. What's your plan? Dissolve. You got to try. Can't sit around and go, okay, we're done. 10 game, 10 team conference. Fresno State, San Diego State, UNLV, SMU, Boise State, Air Force. And again, you want to go to 12, then the options for 12 are slim. If you want to go to 12, then I, I really think this, then it's Colorado State and Memphis. And okay, let's see you get to 12, Colorado State and Memphis. Uh, I, I still think you're at a nine game schedule. And in a nine game schedule, you still do three non-cons against the other big boys. So you got, you're going to have to, the Pac-12's cook at this point is going to have to be games against other major conferences. You're not going to double up. The SEC is not going to give you two, so you have to go to the SEC and go, okay, we want to do this where one of our guys plays you every year. And look, that news for you. You probably, maybe, possibly, Stanford could get a home-and-home home with an SEC. Cal did it, right? Cal do it with um, but Cal did it Notre Dame, and uh, Cal did it with Cal did it with Florida. What do you know? Well, look, so Cal did it with Florida. You know that some of the – Oregon State, Stanford, Oregon State may be able to do it with like a Michigan State. Oregon State may be able to do it with Penn State. Maybe. Stanford can do it. Stanford basically can do it with anybody. But it also may be one of these things, gang, where Stanford, you play Alabama at Alabama, and then you play Alabama for your home game at Levi Stadium. It may have to be that. It's the only way I think you say this. Wanted to wrap with this. Bill Mickelson's money. Billy Walters, gambler, writing the book about how much money Phil has blown and that Phil Mickelson gambled at least a billion dollars in his career. That would put more money that he's gambled than he's made in his career. I don't, 925 million, gambled at least a billion uh, and has lost. Over $100 million. Yeah. It's a lot. But, Big B. Gang, that's 11% of what he's earned in his career. Most degenerative gamblers that go broke, that find themselves in trouble, find themselves blowing more money than they make. People that are in credit card debt, credit card debt just hit a trillion dollars in America. I saw a stat that's just absolutely crazy. That of that that billion dollars that's owed, 8% owe more in credit cards than they make a year. Just giving you an example here of why, oh my God, he blew $100 million. If you're worth a billion, a hundred million is ten percent. If you've earned a if you've earned a billion dollars in your career, and you, if this is true, he's blown ten percent of his money on gambling. It's still a ridiculous amount to you and me, but when you're a billionaire, blowing a Phil's it's eleven percent, right? He's earned nine hundred twenty-five million in his career. He could have lost a hundred million gambling. It's ten percent. Still a lot of money. But if I came to you, think about this. 
I'm just going to give you an example. If. I could say if I made $100,000 a year, but I know you won't believe me. Say I made 50000 a year. And I came to you and said, I lost $5,000 gambling this year. You'd be like, Jesus, Seth. I know. I make $50,000 this year and I've lost 5000 gambling. You'd be like, okay. Way to go. All right, I know. You'd be like, it's bad, but mm, it's a lot of money, Seth. But if I came to you and said, man, I lost $500,000 gambling this year, you'd be like, whoa. And I said, but I made $5 million. You'd be like, but still, $500,000. It's 10% of what I made. It's a lot. Don't get me wrong. It's a lot. But when you take into account how much money he has, and that this is the fact, that certain people are just addicted to competing, whatever that competition is. There's that whole episode of Seinfeld where Kramer's bet- betting on the airplanes landing. Some people are just addicted to it. Pete Rose was addicted to gambling. Michael Jordan, addicted to gambling, betting, competing. Some people are just addicted to things, and that's, oh, I'll bet you, I'll bet you. Some people just are. Stories of Alex Rodriguez being in poker games where it's $500,000. Yes. Charles Barkley said he blew $10 million in casino slots. Floyd Mayweather once bet, what, $3 million on a college football game. Paul Horning. Some of these guys are betting on their own teams. What Jim Harbaugh, they talked about, like, and it's not gambling, but some people are just competitive where he's blocking, like, his nephew's basketball shots. He's, like, nine. It's like, guys, some people just are built this way. Some people compete at all times. And that... Forges into gambling. I'm not saying that's not a big deal. It's a boatload of money, man. But there are always stories, too, like of Michael Jordan's sons. It's like Michael Jordan's sons lost $100,000 gambling in Vegas. It's like, well, yeah, and Pops made $10 million this week. Pops is a billionaire. Yeah, but they lost. Yeah, it's different type of money. It's just different type of money. You cringe to think that most billionaires make more when they sleep at night than you'll make in your life. They just do. It's ridiculous. I, when, I, when I found out Bill made close to a billion dollars his career, I was like, boy, I didn't, I didn't realize he made that much. It's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. But in perspective, again, if I told you I made 50 grand this year and lost $5,000 betting, you'd be like, oh, okay, Jesus. It's 10%. That's what Phil lost. Harpon Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harpon Sports Twitter, at Harpon Sports Instagram. Harpon Sports, the bar, auditory route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Of course, Harpon Sports Facebook page, Harpon Sports YouTube channel, harponsports.com. Remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein, phone with your friends.